the IBM Z applications and runtime podcasts. Your place to get the news, trends and direction for mainframe runtimes and environments. Hello and welcome to another podcast in the Application Platform Talks series of podcasts. This is where we talk to experts who will talk about topics related to the runtimes. So this could be Kicks, this could be IMS, it could be any of the, of the IBM Z runtimes. Now, I don't do this by myself. I'm joined by Tobias Leiker from Germany. Hello, to Tobias. Hello, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. And today, our attention turns to Java, and there may be a little hint of liberty in there as well. So to help us through this maze of Java on uh, IBM Z, we're joined by Phil Wakelin. So hi, Phil. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Nick. Thanks for inviting me. This and other podcasts will be stored at a, a single place. It's called ibm.biz forward slash Z podcast. And you can find uh, podcasts related to application development there as well. But this is part of the Runtime series. So without further ado, Phil, tell us a little bit about yourself just to get our listeners into the mood with you. Well, yeah, so I've been around uh, mainframes and IBM for getting on for 30 years now. But um, back in the day um, when I left university after studying biological science, uh, I was looking for a job in IT and I never really thought of mainframes as a cool thing. Uh, I was just very interested in, in IT and I got particularly interested in the use of um, computers through the use of sort of GenStat and Minitab, which are data analysis packages widely used um, in biological science. Um, and I applied to various companies and got offered a job by IBM and started work by accident in Hursley, uh, testing out interconnectivity and working with uh, APPC networking, which I have to say was a, a rather deep dive into a rather large uh, swimming pool, but um, it worked out good for me. And I learned an awful lot of stuff in a short period of time about kicks and about connectivity and about the fundamentals of kicks um, and programming. And, and that was a really great time for me, really. As time moved on, I, I also, and networking moved on, I got involved in, in TCP IP and more recently SSL and security. Uh, and they were um, very interesting areas to work on, of course. Um, then an opportunity came up to work on uh, what we call distributed platforms. So it started out um, on Kix 6000, which was um, the first version of Kix running on Unix. And I really enjoyed working on Unix. And that's been a really useful skill to have um, as Unix system services has become such an important part of many parts of Kix. So I worked on um, uh, Kix 6000 and a variety of other Unix platforms for quite a while uh, leading and ended up leading the um, uh, connectivity testing with kicks on that platform. And then when that technology moved moved away from Hursley, um, I started working with kicks customers, um, helping them with e-business solutions. And that was great working alongside customers, producing material for customers, helping solve customer problems. And, and through that work, I really got to know a lot of the um, new function in kicks what we now call Kix Web Support and Kix Web Services, as well as getting familiar with our clients. So the Kix Universal Client and, and the Kix Transaction Gateway, which were key products at that time. 
Um, then after a couple of years um, in that role, I applied for and was successful in getting a job with the ITSO working on Kix Red Books. And we were doing a lot of uh, books on e-business at that time. Um, and so it was ideal for me um, to use my skills in that area. As, as time went on, that role developed and I ended up being responsible for all the uh, Kix uh, Red Books uh, living out um, on the West Coast in the US. And that was um, absolutely a fantastic time. Eventually that, that came to an end, that role. I moved back to um, Hursley with my uh, young growing family and I took up a job as the architect for the uh, Kix Transaction Gateway, which was then um, a very rapidly growing product and was um, the architect for that product for several years whilst that grew and expanded. And there, there was, uh, we had products on everything from Windows to a variety of Unix platforms and of course on ZOS as well. And um, we created um, the new Kix Transaction Gateway on ZOS product, um, which is still around today and still, still a successful product. And on a historical note, the Kix Transaction Gateway on Z was the very first IBM Z product to go through Passport Advantage, which may not mean much to our listeners, but it was a way of incenting our salesmen on Z to start selling Kix Transaction Gateway, and that helped get it off the ground. Yeah, you're entirely correct, Nick. <laughs> yeah, so then after that came to an end, uh, I moved in to, back into Kix development into the um, what was in the strategy and, and planning group uh, and started working on the interconnectivity uh, side of things and was involved in that for several years. And then as our Java technology was evolving around the time of, of Kix DS version, uh, version 4, when we moved to pulled and pulled to JVM, uh, JVM server technology. I got involved um, with um, uh, Kix Java technology, um, and I've been involved in that since version 4.2 in Kix, um, right through to version 5.3 when I was the hill lead uh, for the uh, Liberty project, um, when we did a lot of work productizing uh, Liberty in Kix. Uh, and since then, I've been working on Java adoption, helping Kix Java customers uh, adopt uh, their technology and solve their problems. Then more recently, I've also been involved um, with uh, security um, in Kix um, and my SSL knowledge has come in very useful there. Um, and we have a hill in Kix at the moment, reworking and um, rewriting the um, security documentation so it can be understood by normal people instead of security experts. I've also had the chance to travel uh, quite widely in my job as um, working with uh, customers. Um, I spent quite a lot of time uh, touring uh, Latin America, so Brazil and the Spanish-speaking South American countries promoting kicks in that region and that's been a very interesting and rewarding uh, part of uh, my career. Cool. So uh, quite, quite, quite some history in, in the land. So, so now when we look what do you what do you do most recently? So, so when you look at our customers and Sometimes you have the feeling in, in Z stuff takes some time. You said Java has been around for ages, but, but for a lot of customers, Java on Z is still the new kid on the block, the new thing to do. So what do you think customers use or what, what is your experience in customers using Java today and what, what do they use it for on IBM Z? Yeah, well, a lot of customers are drawn to Java um, because of the ease of application development and because... Um, they have a need to recruit new application developers and to modernize their applications and their um, traditional high-level languages um, and their skills with those high-level languages such as COBOL, uh, PL1 and Assembler 
uh, are disappearing due to the demographics of their um, uh, development community and and um, they want to take on Java developers because they've got skills and also there's a large number of frameworks which makes the um, developers very productive. At the same time as that, um, IBM has also invested very heavily in Java over the last couple of decades. So we've got a very strong skills in our Java development teams uh, over in um, in Canada and, and in India and also in Hursley. And you know, part of that in, uh, development has been to um, make sure that the Java technology is very well integrated um, with the mainframe and with Z. And one of the key bits of integration was the support for specialty processors and support for a lot of the new instructions that, that came out. So we've got very good um, price and, and performance for Java on Z, which is obviously a great incentive for a lot of our customers. So, so maybe if you if you wonder what is speciality processor for and why would I even need that, it is actually kind of a, a technical solution for commercial problems. So especially when Java emerged, the compute power that you need to con uh, compute something in Java felt a little higher than in COBOL. And to actually solve that problem, IBM invented these speciality engines of which uh, ZIIPs today are the, the, the most successful ones. And uh, these are actually engines like any other engine in the machine, but they are just used to do, for example, Java workload or special DB2 workload. And so this actually makes it a lot cheaper for customers to perform Java workload compared to, compared to doing it on normal processes. So when we now see customers adapting, what what is it? What what are the patterns you 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 see? And I think I think when we we talked about it, you you said there are also some bigger projects on the way. What what is it that customers try to achieve from a more functional perspective with with the Java stuff? Yeah, I think we see um, two or three patterns emerging. A lot of customers might be starting out um, with Java. Um, so they, they want to take some low-hanging fruit. A lot of customers have developed some kind of um, Java-based uh, web service. Uh, RESTful services or SOAP-based web services are very easy to develop in Java. There's a lot of uh, frameworks you can use to develop those kind of services in Java, to create RESTful services. And, and it's pretty simple to do that and then to just make a call into existing um, Kicks British business logic with, with a link. And, and that's um, a, a great entry point into the world of Java. Other customers are doing sort of stepwise modernization. Um, so they're taking their um, enterprise suites. They also need to do extensions and modernization projects to keep those applications running. And the fact that we now support um, linking to and from Java components, either running Liberty or running in our traditional OSGI JVM servers, makes it very easy to modernize parts of an existing enterprise application and just do that modernization in Java whilst um, retaining the existing application written in COBOL or PL1 or whatever. And that's really the backbone of the mixed language application server that, that we have in Kix. That means you, you can uh, just drop in new components, modernize components um, in a stepwise manner. So th those two things are, are, are very common. And then we're also seeing customers now rolling out larger applications and, or larger numbers of applications and therefore they're addressing some of the scaling challenges they had with their uh, COBOL portfolio but looking at it from a Java perspective and so with the new applications come new challenges and new technologies required to solve those challenges so you know scaling and security uh, and ease of use are all key things in that space. 
So, Phil, if you were to look into your crystal ball, would you see things like OpenShift and, and uh, Spring Boot figuring and, and making this e- all, all the more easier for customers in the future? Yeah, so at the moment, Spring Boot um, is a very popular framework, you know, extension to the uh, sort of Spring frameworks that are available. Um, and that's really um, been taken by storm by a, a set of customers and makes application development quite easy. It does come with some challenges um, because it's a, quite a large framework. And so things like class loading um, become more of an issue in that environment. Uh, and But it's certainly um, a really um, a great way to get going with Java and Kicks. OpenShift is, is just sort of emerging as a technology. And I think as we move into the next decade, and we see containerization of uh, applications and kicks materialize, then um, there's going to be a lot of changes there. And Java is no doubt going to lead the way in that space, really, because it's easy to um, uh, modernize those Java applications. So when you when you when you mentioned before, when we talked about the technology itself, we had like a, a few a few keywords that I think not is understandable to anyone uh, or not everyone out there so so when you when you say like we have this osgi server and we have liberty so so we have never talked about liberty before and never talked about osgi how would you describe that to someone who's never heard about this technology and why did we actually make use of it okay so in, in the very first days um we had um the pool jvm technology which was essentially um a sort of serial serially re- reusable a single jvm that could be um, reused for multiple transactions and that gave us isolation but uh, that isolation came with a lot of problems in the sharing of state um, and perhaps in performance as well um, so we invented um, the jvm server technology which is a multi-threaded industry standard jvm server environment like you'd find in other uh, java-based application servers Uh, and within that JVM server, we, we supported the, the OSGI um, framework. OSGI was a very popular framework used for packaging and developing and supporting the dependencies between applications. And so that was what we chose to support at that time. And that was the initial way of, of really running most applications in our JVM server environment. And we got a lot of customers using that. Then in version uh, version 5.1, we prototype support for um, Liberty. Liberty was um, a, what we called a profile of WebSphere. So it was a, a slimmed down version of WebSphere really that we had developed for um, use in the application server environment. And we, we took that and we ran it within our OSGI JVM server and we, we created our Liberty server environment, which gave us um, ability to um, use a web technology and then of course all the java enterprise edition technology and more recently the spring boot technology so now we have a sort of full function jvm that supports just about anything you can do in liberty as well as um, allow kicks to make calls into and out of that jvm using the link mechanism so it's it, it's a very flexible um, and multi-use jvm environment Cool. So, so that maybe also explains why Java in, in Kix has become quite a success over the, the, the recent years. And I mean, as we do, or as we did before the pandemic, uh, we, we had quite a quite some some user interest. So we actually had a Java user group here in Germany or in the German speaking countries, so Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, where we discussed how to do that best. And uh, and I think that is quite quite an interesting area because as you said there is this stepwise modernization approach 
So we cannot just migrate everything into something else or we just move it off completely. We can basically do stepwise, module by module, package by package, part by part the application or we can transform the application, that is what I wanted to say, into something that is maybe then, as it is Java, a little bit more understandable for, for, for the next generation of programmers that not yet learned COBOL or may never will. I mean, we we, we, we can't know that for sure, but, uh, but we have at least the technology and we have proven a way that is maybe also reusable for other programming languages in the future. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, we've really um, blazed the trail here with um, Java and Kix. And you look at uh, actually what we're doing with um, uh, Node.js, supporting JavaScript uh, on Z in Kix. Um, that's a very similar implementation to uh, JVM Server in many ways. Uh, and so what we did with JVM Server has enabled us to support things like Node.js. And there are obviously other languages that uh, have emerged and will emerge. And I'm sure we'll support more languages um, as kicks move forwards because of our, our focus on being a mixed language application server, enabling you to um, use a you know, language of choice to solve whatever business problem you have. Okay, I think that is probably we've run our time for this week. So, um, Phil, thank you ever so much for joining us and giving us an insight into the Java implementation on Z and, and Java with kicks. Toby, thank you as well, as always. Now, I just reiterate that these recordings can be found on ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. I hope you found this interesting and will be motivated to listen to more of these podcasts. So thank and you for you, joining. And if you have feedback for us, I mean, we are, we are open for it and uh, open for business, uh, as there is as the saying says so please let us know what you what you are interested in topics that we should cover uh more deep dives into specific terms and stuff that we just covered today because we had 20 minutes of java which is uh just an overview so if you need anything else from us or if you have also feedback on what to do better we are we are very much up to it and uh we we'd love to to hear from you so please uh, please use the chance to to let us know what you think send it via emails or or use use the comment functionality or whatever you think uh, suits you best and uh yeah with that i think we're done are we nick yeah thanks for, thanks so much for inviting me guys it's been an interesting trip down memory lane <laughs> cheers <laughs> cheers nick cheers cheers, cheers bye